Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 41, Reptilians and Cults with Kelly Weil. Guys, this episode was really, really cool. And honestly, I think it's the most topical our episode has ever been. Yeah, ever. the most, the most like current to what's going on in the world right now. Yeah. Also, this may be the closest to what we actually talk about in bars on Friday nights. This is really We close. talk about cults with Matt uh, from the Orlando episode probably once every two weeks. Especially when that R. Kelly stuff was going down. Ugh. Yeah, that was like a solid two-hour conversation about yeah. R. Kelly and cults. It's true. And conveniently, we were in a bar already, so we could drink our sorrows away. It worked real well. Kids drink responsibly. Anyway, we would love to start this uh, episode by thanking our most responsible and lovely and, and you know, give backer members of our community, give our backer. newest patrons. Let's move past it. So thank you so much to Kaylee, Philip, Pret, Emily, JST, Meg, Alexa, and Chrissy for joining us. And of course, to our supporting producer level patrons, Leanne, Shannon, Phil, Catherine, Christina, MCF, Sarah, Katie, Deborah, and Julie. We definitely don't think you are meat-eating reptilians. No, like if you ate steak tartare in front of us, we would be like, obviously a human. Obviously a human. Please share it with us some. It'll make sense. Thank you for your cadence there. I guess we're both just getting kind of shwasty on this yeah, beer right now. Yeah, a little bit. Great. Uh, so, Julia, what actually are we drinking for this episode? Um, This episode, we had a great beer called, I don't remember the name of it. Founder's Lizard of Cause. Someone, like, brewed a beer for his sister, and it's called Lizard of Cause. It's an imperial stout. It is effing delicious. I want someone to brew me a beer with that epic a name. Get in touch. Get in touch. I'm cheating a little bit, Amanda, this week uh, for Recommendation Corner because I'm going to plug something that's ours already. Uh, please um, do. I'm, I'm going to plug our Tumblr because our <gasps> Tumblr is newly revived. It has posts every single day. I am doing mood boards for every one of our new episodes. They're it's so beautiful. Exciting. I want to print them all out and put them on my fridge. Julia, you're doing such a good job. Thank you. They're beautiful. So follow us over there. Our our inbox is open. You can ask us questions anonymously if you don't want to like email or tweet or Facebook us or all the other ways you can get in touch. Yeah. Uh, and that's just spiritspodcast at tumblr.com. Yeah, spiritspodcast.tumblr.com. Yeah. That's the one. And I'm also going to promote something that we do, which is we're going to be part of the Two Pods a Day campaign, which is a like podcast recommendation campaign for August, as is Join the Party, my other podcast, Dungeons and Dragons, Storytelling, Good Stuff, which Julia is actually on. She was on yesterday's episode, I am. episode seven. I'm super cool. So good. My character has a crush on Julia's character, which has never I've never experienced in, in actual life, but it, it's it's cute for our our characters to have. My that. character is also the coolest. In she the really world. is. There's like a there's mysterious books. There's a cool cloak. There's like a, a major character meltdown. It's really have, good stuff. I have a giant, I have a giant metal man, or is he stone? I don't remember. I think metal. There's a kind of Doctor Frankenstein situation going on. It's good stuff, guys. Join the party. And a related non us recommendation is actually the podcast Venture Maidens. It is a awesome, incredibly well done, hilarious podcast by four women who have been friends for years and years playing Dungeons and Dragons. Their characters are so incredible. You can tell much like when Julie and I banter, you can tell we've been friends for 20 years. Like you can tell that these women, they were all roommates. They've all been playing D&D together for years and years. Um, and they are really good, really funny. They live stream all of their play sessions. Like what the hell? Damn. It takes us so much time to edit together a 45 minute podcast. It's bold. I can't imagine doing it all live. Uh, so it is really, really great. Venture Maidens, find them on uh, any podcast player or on YouTube. Yeah, if you can't tell, we love D&D podcasts. And we, we do. we love D&D. Yeah. Because we're big old nerds. Big old nerds. And I'm sure a bunch of you are big old D&D nerds as well. So you should definitely check out those shows. If you like us, you're going to like this. Trust yeah. me. So with that, y'all, please enjoy Spirits Podcast episode 41, Reptilians and Cults with Kelly Weil. 
basically an intergalactic invasion into this space through people. I, I'm telling you, it's what all the ancients said, it's what they warned of, it's what we're dealing with. We are so happy to welcome Kelly Weil to the show, who's a reporter at the Daily Beast. Basically, you published a headline that was so clickable that Julia and I like texted each other furiously, like, did you see this article? And we have to talk to you about alien cults. So welcome. Thank you so much. Oh, God, and it's not just aliens, it's reptilians and vegetarianism, I it guess. It is really whatever you want it to be. That's the <laughs> of beauty course. of this, because it's such an expansive universe within this cult that pretty much any topic you can think of they've brought up and have conspiracy about that's fantastic so i would love to start with the particular architecture of this group's mythology maybe you can take us through just like the you know bare bones of the article or the plot points and then um, a little more into their universe and if we chat more about our favorite culty things even better so basically, this is an online-based group, um, and it's run by a woman named Sherry Schreiner, um, and she preaches a few things. It's very New World Order-based. They believe that reptilian aliens are taking over the world. Of course. Um, as you do, you know, just cult 101. Um, and she has some very devout followers. And unfortunately, uh, earlier this month, one died after a prolonged fallout over his girlfriend ate uh, steak tartare, which yep, is... that's how it always starts. It is always how it starts. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to rethink all of my menu choices from now on. Right, because you never know what will get you branded as a reptilian as this happens. So Apparently a steak tartare... really raw steak. <laughs> okay, so reptilians are bad and not... Uh, like revered yes right reptilians okay. they are apparently three out of four people that you'll encounter are actually reptilians because that, that's that seems like a high number it does right it does seem like a really high number and so like statistically like out of all of us all three of us might be reptilians there's a there's a my whole family could be my whole office could be who knows i'm gonna i'm gonna um, fess up to the reptilianness right now it's like when you look around at a family party and you're like guys there are 30 of us in this room i can't be the only gay one i, can't. I just can't i mean true there, there must, someone show yourself to me if there were is there like a reptilian like signal that they know each other I don't know. I haven't dug that deep. I think sometimes they morph out of their skin. Ooh. Yeah. So, like, that's when they'll, like, compile videos of, like, Justin Bieber looks weird in this picture. Is he morphing into reptilian form? And the answer is always yes. Amanda, did you just ask if the reptilians have a gang sign? <laughs> Not a gang sign, necessarily. <laughs> okay. But just a little identification marker. Like, there, there's, like, the queer nod. Or there's, like, someone with a tote bag that you like. And then across the subway, you're just like, yeah, nice. Nice tote bag. Okay. So, there's no... Reptilian gang sign, just a queer tote bag. Sure. Okay, yes. cool. Let's, cool. Let's go with that. If nothing else, there should be a handshake. There should be a handshake. It's right. like the shimmy shimmy cocoa buff kind of <laughs> situation here. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> a handshake. I gotcha, I gotcha. Right. Uh, back, to the, back to the cult. Sorry. So this woman uh, ate a steak tartare, which is a, I guess, a raw beef dish. Um, yes. And if you know anything about reptilians, they love to eat raw meat. So okay. my knowledge sense. of reptiles will tell me that is correct. <laughs> um, yeah, so Checks this, this uh, sowed some division in the, uh, in the community. People started calling her a reptilian. Her boyfriend left to her aid being like, she's not a reptilian. 
As you would do for any loved one, I think. Of course. I would claim my reptilian boyfriend is definitely not a reptilian. Totally. And what is this community we're talking about? Just like friends and like in a town? Um, mostly, it's mostly internet based. So it's mostly people who follow the mostly online ministry of this woman, Sherry Schreiner, but they Uh do have meetups. So, um, you know, sometimes they've actually come here to New York. Mm -hmm. They, uh, planted, they, they have this magical metal that they think drives away clones, aliens, demons, and they just put it everywhere. Um, I mean, thank you. It's kind of like the Hare Krishnas, where it's like, you may be disrupting my commute a little bit, but like, thank you for bestowing blessings upon yeah, everybody. Yeah, all they're trying to do is just Super say the word it. so you think about it, and then you're blessed by thinking of it. I just, it's just, it's, an, it's a nice service. It's a consideration, definitely. Yeah. Now, is it like blog-based, or YouTube, or... It is truly multi-platform. Okay. It's great. It's it's the future of media. They beat us to it. That where, cross-platform-ish. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe... In its origins, it might have been radio-based, and that seems like where a lot of people, you know, 15 years or so ago started coming on. But it's very blog-based now, Um, you know, it's a network of websites and, you know, GoFundMes. There's a lot of money going through. GoFundMes to fight the reptilians. And that is exactly what it is. GoFundMyBattleAgainstTheReptilians.com. Register it now because it's probably like in uh, hot demand. I'm I'm going for it right now. So as the weeks and months uh, progressed, this uh, this couple got fairly ostracized from their friends who were you know their main their main support group you know their main uh, mm-hmm. their circle. Um, and he made a this guy Steve made a whole bunch of you know video posts saying you know I'm denouncing Sherry our leader etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And early this month. Um, his girlfriend, Barb, called police to say, I just shot my boyfriend. He asked me to. Um, and they arrested her on murder charges. So the question now is what exactly happened? Because we have someone who apparently asked to die. Police said he showed no signs of struggle. It looks like from the autopsy that the gun was placed directly on his forehead and his girlfriend said he took my hands and he put the gun on his forehead. Mm-hmm. So this is a very uh, bitter end to something that was just so absurd. I I almost laugh about it, but right. it is, um, yeah, it's had a human toll. And in fact, it's the second person to have died in this circle so um it's yeah it's uh it's kind of dark under all the strange reptile layers there is there is a body count yeah yeah and like at the at the base of this is fear you know and and that obviously motivates people to act in extreme ways Mm -hmm. i'm i'm curious what happened to the first person who uh died under the body count here right so i have an article right now it's slated to go up on saturday by the Um, by the time this episode comes out it will be out and we'll link to it okay well thank you so much um no she uh she died of suicide um it looks like she overdosed um and these were young people she was 22 the young man who died he was 32 Mm -hmm. so these are you know preventable deaths and I guess the question is how much culpability this uh, online circle has, you yeah. know. Um, so I don't know. It's I think um, 
I think most of the people are still following her. I looked yeah. at her GoFundMe and it's still pulling in the big bucks. I'm I'm curious to see if the cult leader, if if that's like what we're going to choose to call her, mm-hmm. uh, just from a religious history perspective, uh, it's it's an interesting thing to play with, especially since they're not claiming any sort of religious background. Um, but as a cult leader, has she said anything in regards to either of these deaths? What's interesting is with both, she said they were uh, government-orchestrated murders and cover-ups. Oh, boy. Okay, that's that's a bold statement. Yeah. So I talked to her, actually, Dang. yesterday via email, not on the phone. Um, but she said that with the first death, it was a NATO death squad. Oh, boy. Um, okay. Yeah. And with the second one, it was a uh, vampire witch acting on behalf of the CIA. As, as a podcast <laughs> who has covered vampire witches in the past, um, probably wouldn't do it via gunshot. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, you'd think there'd be other tools at their disposal, you know? You know, like curses and shit. Or blood sucking, you Definitely. know? The normal Just ones. A much, a much easier way of going about it. But listen, if, if, you were, if you were a vampire and or witch in the modern day, wouldn't it be pretty, pretty like, you know, strategic to make your kills not from like your your primal instincts and to do it by like normal means? If I was a, you know evil witch quote unquote because we have a lot of practicing witches as our followers we do um the, the like, like the like popular conception of right. the like evil witch right? i would put a curse on them just because like that it, it's easy and right and you it's can do easier it than having someone have their girlfriend shoot them in the head or whatever that that just doesn't seem like a probable way of doing it to i me. guess i was thinking more vampire like you okay. know two i was going to wish you were going vampire i yeah, know what's yeah up. i love those like films and books and things where the vampire like gets to be friendly with the doctor you know or, or like has some kind of way around the whole conspicuous body count issue sure smart thing the to infrastructure do. julia of horror yes. is what i'm interested yes. in okay of course um so now that she has said that, I'm sure that her follower kind of has her follower count has stayed intact. Yeah, I would say more or less. So there, I think, is definitely a lot more dissent against her right now mm-hmm. online. And I've spoken with a few people who were either adjacent to the group and have kind of watched this. Apparently, it's morphed over the years. You know, it used to be a little bit more restrained, and you know, it was just fun and games aliens and it's kind of ballooned out of proportion sure um and i am hopefully speaking soon to someone who's actually left and there is a very small network of which the uh dead man steve is was part of um which is actually a kind of a dissenter group and yeah and what's interesting about that is apparently as soon as you leave you get every manner of weird allegation thrown at you Mm -hmm. So, you know, oh, well, you know, this isn't Bob. This is actually a clone of Bob. The real Bob oh. is in hell. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at this because it's a very serious it's, topic. It is kind of like, as I've been reporting it, it's been a weird 
control of like laughter and like oh no this is the yeah. worst thing i've ever read but uh, an alien okay like it's it's weird yeah just something about that word makes you think like oh okay we're in like playtime now right but actually this is very very it's serious. almost like a less serious scientology where scientology yes. will go after your family and your finances and your very physical things these people are just saying you're a clone that's not really you or yeah. you're a weird alien creature or and like once whatever. you buy into the fact that there are you know in your in your imagining all these kinds of like alternate reality type stuff and like the way we look at the world isn't necessarily the way it is like i see how that can be really freaking super terrifying mm -hmm. and there's almost like how do you refute that allegation right and i talked to someone who has never been part of um part of this specific if you want to call it a cult but was friends with steve the man who died and what she said is that sherry um basically controls people by holding the, pr the promise of heaven over them, being like, hey, you know, she, Sherry calls herself a prophetess, um, being like, hey, you don't have to agree with me, it's fine, but you might not go to heaven. Ooh, and yikes. that's tough. And I think another component of this is once, you're, once you've bought into this world with you and your close circle of friends, either online or offline, it's really hard to leave that, you yeah, know? Man. It's it's that's your family almost so yeah. i think it's like the one-two punch of like oh wow the physical world is gonna suck for me for a minute because all my friends are over there and they're calling me a witch um and the other punch is like hey i might not go to heaven because i'm not actively fighting the aliens with my friends so it's it's very alluring to just stick with it that's like the worst of both worlds. Yeah, seriously. It mm -hmm. is taking away your future. If that if you believe in an afterlife, that's definitely your part of that your thing. future. Yeah. Um, and it's taking away your present, which is your friends and family who are also involved in this um, religious group. And yeah. that is scary as hell. And like it is such a also like psychological and social bonding experience to be like, we know and those people don't. Um, and it, it must feel, I don't know, like I haven't experienced this myself, but it must feel really like lovely and powerful to meet a group of people who share something that maybe you thought was, you know, just you or to come across like to, you know, discover the truth and, and to figure that out, you know, in, in kind of community with people. Mm -hmm. What I think was really interesting is watching, uh, Steve, uh, again, the man who passed away and his friend who also left, um, their attempts to, uh, take down this cult leader, uh, Sherry, without totally uh, taking down the belief system. Mm -hmm. And I think it is interesting um, sort of the way they were trying to disentangle their beliefs from this woman. Because, again, if you believe in a full religious system, mm -hmm. uh, a whole way that the world is, that's probably harder to extract yourself from than just, you know, one person you can say, all right, she's she's gone off the deep end or something like that. So I think what both of them were saying in their videos was much more restrained than I would have been if someone mm -hmm. called my loved one a reptilian or saying, hey, I don't want vengeance against her. I just want people to know the truth. Right. And yeah. that's the trouble, I think, is when you wake up and you're like, oh, all my friends are still in there. Mm -hmm. How do you it, – it's already – absurd how do you express to them it's absurd because you were just there yeah and from a like argument uh, like an argument point of view too it's a lot to say to someone your whole worldview is wrong and also this person is dangerous if you're able to kind of make us make a you know a soft version of that and say like this person is dangerous i'm not gonna like try to tear the whole rug out from underneath you but like hey 
you know, just know that this is this partial thing is something that they can, you know, discuss and, and maybe change a mind on. Yeah. And we if we talk about for a second, just the pillars of what creates a cult from a scholarly perspective. Yeah, let's do that. Um, charismatic leadership is one of the most important things that a cult can have. 100%. Um, you can see it if you're looking at, uh, for example, the Oneida community uh, from upstate New York. Um, they started out as a paradise sex cult. They sure did. This and is then they wild. Made really beautiful I, silver. I'm like from near there. And I don't know about this. <laughs> you know the silver company, the Oneida Silver Company. I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah, so they <gasps> originally started something. out as a sex cult, um, which basically this dude believed that um, marriage didn't exist because it wasn't mentioned in Genesis, uh, and so paradise in e- uh, in Eden does not include marriage. So basically they believed that they could create, you know, perfect human beings that would then lead to um, the rapture um, by having these like very open uh, sexual relationships. Which Just isn't the worst idea, but like, no. I feel like it veered off. It was a little <laughs> bit eugenics, which, you know, gets a little creepy at the end. Um, but basically this guy was dying at the end. He was the charismatic leader. Um, but in the situation where he was trying to pass off the leadership to his son and his son wanted nothing to do with it, um, the actual cult ended up failing because the charismatic leadership did not transfer. And therefore they were just like, we're just going to be a a silver company from now on. (laughs) Um, so the sex cult died. Silver company was born, um, because charismatic leadership stopped. So in this situation, it's actually interesting that you talk about discrediting the um, the religious leader in this situation, but trying to keep the beliefs intact because that could, in fact, be a transfer of charismatic leadership without trying to, like, mess with the beliefs. Yeah, but it would be like if Steve was saying, you know, this woman doesn't know the truth, I know the truth, come on over. That could be mm-hmm. a sort of power yeah. play. I don't think it was even that. You yeah. know, I think I think... This happens so quickly is what makes me pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's fascinating is he was always he was always a YouTuber. So for a long time, he was documenting, I mean, it's, it's 9-11 trutherism, and it's the Yikes. president is an alien, and it's all that. And it was all uh, under the uh, sort of the talking points of this cult, if you want to call it that. And In their press packet. Right. (laughs) And yeah, and so he had those skills and he pretty much immediately uh, just started cataloging the the fallout as it was going on on Facebook. So we had the screenshots of all the arguments back and forth and the minutia of who called who a a reptilian. Um, And yeah, I think he wasn't so much interested in taking on the leadership as just being like, this happened to me and you know just defending himself i think is a common refrain he had is he's like i have the right to defend myself what what amazed me was he was actually very civil about it in the messages he showed to sherry and one line that like i i hate to say it but it almost it almost cracked me up with how restrained it was he said i don't appreciate you calling my girlfriend a reptilian with all due respect i take offense to that oh it was just Trying I'm like, so hard to preserve it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't say, again, I would not say that if someone called a loved one a reptilian. So it was, it seemed like a very good faith, almost understated effort to sort of, uh, to talk sense into people. But again, it's very hard to do that when you have the whole group that's bought into it. And in fact, something else sad is, um, 
these videos have been widely viewed and members of the group have gone back and played the videos in reverse to listen to satanic messages, which of course, of course, yep, yep, naturally. Yeah. So oh. it's, you know, there's very little he can put out. That's not a sign to people who interpret everything as, you know, this, yeah. Yeah. this sign from Satan or whatever. What are some other hallmarks of cults besides the charismatic leader? Uh, charismatic leadership is a very important one. Um, you're also going to find um, a new interpretation of old um, old stories. So basically, oh, so not just like whole cloth make up their own stuff. Right. Um, so in a situation where, let's say it's Scientology, because Scientology, for the most part, was a completely whole cloth thing. So in the instance of L. Ron Hubbard, not everything is full cloth. He does pull some ideas from reincarnation and Eastern uh, religion and that sort of thing. Yeah, he um, tries but, to present a like unified theory of the world as it already is, only, oh, no, no, this is the thing. But Dude was also a science fiction writer, so a lot of oh, yeah, what no, his religion became was basically science fiction. It's it's 100% cray. And if folks haven't read the book Going Clear, Clear by Lawrence Wright. It is like one of the best books of reporting I've ever read. Um, The documentary is great HBO, but the book is also incredible. But um, if you look at a lot of uh, cults that move from Christianity to cult, um, almost all of in the situation (laughs) that is almost exactly what this is, but almost all of the cults that move from Christianity to cult um, derive from different interpretations of Genesis. Yeah. In particular, like the first couple of chapters. Yeah. It's super, super interesting, actually. So Christian science, for example, is one of those ones that believes that, oh, you know, they specify somewhere in Genesis that we don't actually have bodies. So our bodies don't exist and we can heal through prayer because our bodies don't exist. Um, And that's a completely different thing. Uh, Seventh-day Adventists are a different thing just based off of um, how we view... Uh, the God creating the universe in seven days, that sort of thing. That name is very descriptive. Thank you, name. <laughs> Thank you, name. You did a good job. <laughs> good job naming your cult. A plus. Good work. Um, but yeah, so those are two of the fundamental parts. I'm forgetting the third. There is definitely a third pillar, but I will. Is it like isolation from friends and family? Not necessarily, though, because not all cults make you isolate from friends and family. Uh, it's uh, I, it's very much. That's a very much a, a like. 80s 90s idea of cults where cults are a bad thing and they're going to take you away from your families and they're going to try and pull you away into this evil evil universe cults by definition are not a bad thing so just a precise so you know like christianity when it first started was a cult of judaism it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a different belief that is an offshoot and doesn't have enough followers for it to be called a specific religion Wow. So I like that we're going to get some tweets about cults that Cults are baby religions, basically. And if right. they, you know, form enough followers and they form, you know, a charismatic leadership chain and stuff like that, that makes them a religion. I see. And just the way we talk about them so often, like they come into the news or into kind of popular imagination mm-hmm. when tragic or sensational stuff goes down. Hell yeah. Um, so I see how... I would think like, oh yeah, like it's isolating and it's toxic and it, you know, all these things because those are the ones that we just happen to have heard about. Hell yeah. And that's very much a new generational thing. Probably started in the sixties, became very popular in the 80s, 90s, and then just, you know, to where we are now. That idea. It's kind of died down a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, yeah, I think this is a perfect case of a cult 
um, that can exist, you know, pretty integrated with the rest of the world because it's mostly online. The, uh, the leader is based in Ohio, but uh, Steve lived in Pennsylvania. So, I mean, you can still interact with it and you can still be part of this really immersive world as long as you're there online and you, know, you can still be living with your family. Yeah. Something that I think a lot of people seem to share in this group was that it sometimes offers solutions to problems that, hey, you know, those are legitimate. So, you know, um, the young woman who died uh, about four and a half years ago, I was reading her little blog and I think one of her first posts was about like, you know, people are so dependent on fast food that we're not eating real foods. And I'm like, hey, you know, as a concerned millennial, I I kind of feel that. Yeah. Bring the truth, right. The, right. Uh, the New York Post just put out an article about how fake food, you know, infiltrates all food basically at this right. point. Right. I've What have I had to eat today? I've had like eight granola bars and like <laughs> some trail mix. I'm like, I don't know what any of this is. I had Those sushi that was def not the kind of fish that I said it was. <laughs> the, uh, the Dwayne Reed's sushi that's the (laughs) horrifying Um, idea (laughs) yeah so i mean if you can if something can offer you a an easy solution to something that's a pretty obvious and endemic problem yeah that's an easy hook um i think maybe it's it's a few steps from there to uh aliens but it's maybe fewer Mm. than you think yeah there are some great alien cults but uh (laughs) basically the point i want to bring up is it's so interesting how the role of the internet now plays in religious like freedom and also religious expansion. Uh, it's not like um, Joseph Smith had to travel across the world in order to uh, convert people to Mormonism. Yeah. Now you can just put up a blog post and people across the nation and across the world will be, you know, being like, oh, I, I agree with that. That makes sense in my mind. You know, and it's just, it's fascinating and it's going to change the world of religion, I think. Yeah. I mean, just from that, I think, excellent example, like Joseph Smith went bankrupt or almost bankrupt a couple of times printing, you know, his kind of testimonials. Um, He also bought way too many mummies, fake mummies. (laughs) He did, he did. Later, later. But initially, after the tablets were found and he uh, were found, et cetera, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Don't, I have no beef with Mormons. Um, (laughs) He had to work so hard to get his ideas out there. And there uh, were other similarly viable, similarly like interesting ideas that people brought up at the time, but they were less good at marketing, you know, and like the, the way and the number of people that you can get your ideas in front of is like a real factor in what religions made it and which didn't. And so what I'm wondering now is with the internet being more or less, you know, democratic, um, obviously some people have bigger followings than others. And like, there are, there are, you know, not everyone has access, et cetera, but it's probably going to be a lot more like populist in a way where the ones that end up being popular are not the like well positioned to take off ones necessarily, but just sure. the ones where the ideas really catch on. And so I'm wondering what that will be. Like, how will those vary from the, you know, ideas that rose um, in the 18th and 19th centuries. I think this ends up with us, like, crowning Gwyneth Paltrow as a prophet. Um, oh, <laughs> yes. I'll praise the goop. I'll praise it. It's, it's veering in that direction really quickly. It's been fascinating. It really is. Like, anti-vaxxing, like, oh all kinds God, of bad yes. shit works its way into that blog. Yeah. I know an anti-vaxxer nurse, but now, now I'm going off topic. Goop actually did put out an article recently where it's like, people should vax their 
children. Okay. Okay. So like we, we can support that. Fair. Thank you, Ono, Ross, and Carrie for giving me that link because they did a good job on yeah, anti-vaxxing. Yeah, yo, if you like cults, listen to the podcast Ono, Ross, and Carrie. It is incredible. Two friends, sort of Julianne Amanda style, like genuinely join cults and oh like join goodness. movements to be like, what is this all about? Like, tell me, I don't know. You know, and, and they start everything with like, this could be it and this could be the truth. And so mm-hmm. we're just going to go experiment and see. They did a great one on Mormonism. They did a great one on Scientology. It was a nine part series on Scientology. And they like genuinely amazing. worked their way up. Yeah. That is bold. Wow. Is Until really they got good. kicked out. It was Until great. they got kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, it's really good stuff. They're doing but... uh, the summer of UFOs right now, and it is my favorite thing in the world. That is amazing. You know what I think maybe a kind of an internet cultish mindset, if not cult, is I read a lot about Infowars, um, yeah. which is... So Alex Jones, he is an incredibly charismatic leader. He's out there shouting and going red and taking off his shirt yeah. all the time. And he is someone who, for a certain group of people, they've been convinced that he's the truth, right? He's the only one telling them the truth is that's what you'll get if you talk to an InfoWars reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and again, if you go down the uh, down the rabbit hole there, it's every layer of like, you know, gremlins and uh, conspiracy you can think of. And of course, there's always a link in the sidebar to buy our products. I think that's like mm-hmm. maybe... That might be the modern cult. No, Alex Jones 100% fills the category of the charismatic leader um, and also goes after other cults, which is fascinating. So, for example, um, my boyfriend Jake and I live together, um, and he was talking about this crazy cult that he heard about in California where it's all the rich people and they sacrifice people. I'm like, do they? And like, of course, this leads to me as a history major being questioned. I'm like, oh, do they actually sacrifice people? He's like, well, they burn people in the effigy. I'm like, well, that's just a scarecrow that. That they're burning right. he's like well alex jones videotaped him I'm like that oh, dude come on oh, so but basically yes alex jones in the situation of pizzagate with the situation of just any yeah. sort of thing that he's leading where nasa has to answer things being like no we don't have children you know sex slaves up in mars like can that's I, ridiculous can i just say that was Go my that was my brilliant co-worker who asked nasa and they are so mad that we asked them about that they are, i'm so glad uh, yeah y'all but, are doing good work good good work yeah shout out ben um <laughs> but yeah it's it is i think it's probably the closest thing I, I think maybe as listen you if you go a few hyperlinks through Facebook I like to do this thing because I'm a, just a masochist and I like to look at of things course. on Facebook I'm super glad you do because you can bring the best of it back to me and I don't have to do it myself I listen I've, I've got just email drafts of hyperlinks that I'm not doing anything with so I'll, I'll send this on um yeah and you just click through and it goes from like okay you know o- Obama's a little weird to Obama's a clone to, you know, you can just go down and... You go weird Muslim clone reptilian. I right. feel like it's probably the, the breakdown. That's the natural progression. And at every stage, you have people who vehemently, you know, just are saying, yes, thank you, someone's speaking the truth. I'm so glad someone pointed out that Obama is a clone. Of course, <laughs> yeah. And it's you're going to get these people who, again, they say, oh, wow, I finally found my people who believe this, who aren't afraid, who aren't too PC to say Obama's a clone. Yeah. And yeah, and there's there's got to be a sense of belonging in that, I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly. Bringing us back to the beginning, there is a super fine line between, you know, community and cult, between curation and filter bubble, right? Between yeah. like 
open-mindedness and being so open and like emotionally raw that you are influenced by someone who is, you know, so charismatic that they should be careful. Um, and it is, I don't know, like, I'm so happy that we're in the internet age cause it's so interesting. And like most of my friends are from the internet, you know, like I've, I've benefited personally directly so much from finding niche communities online. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know. I don't think that any of them are that culty, you know, but like, who <laughs> I mean, knows? Could who knows? Like early YouTube, it was a little bit culty, but yeah. I mean, we could all be super brainwashed. You don't know. We don't know. Like I, I don't, Oh, it's, it's so, it always freaks me out a little bit to kind of look at stuff and, and think to myself like, Oh, this is weird or this is not because like, it is such a subjective thing. It is. And you know, happily no one is, you know, getting into flame wars that end in, in folks dying under, um, you know, dubious circumstances, but it just feels like everything is on a continuum and, and it's, it's pretty easy to slide one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was an important distinction you made that cults aren't necessarily negative. They can just be powerful communities. And that's, that's a lot of things you look at. I'm, I'm sure it's hard to draw the line in a lot of places. It definitely is. I think mm-hmm. it definitely is. Kind of culty, kind of cool. Kind of culty, kind of cool. <laughs> this all sounds like Twitter, which is kind of like <laughs> just giving me shivers. I'm like, yep, that's that's right. That's You're right. Like, that's our hashtag. I uh-huh. got you. All right. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Kelly, I'm interested uh, into what kind of got you into cults in general. Oh, man. Well, pretty much just being online really late at night. Sure. Um, I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. Where, where are you online? Just like like Facebook rabbit hole? Like which which areas? Um, This, I think I found this thing from a Twitter rabbit hole, actually. Actually, I mean, not even a rabbit hole. I've got to totally credit someone I follow who Go for it. tweeted out just an AP Wire story with just this like, almost, bizarrely no details. It's like, Woman shoots man says it had to do with uh, with a cult. I'm like, well, you can't end it there. Come on, <laughs> Someone like tell come me together more. with those facts, my right? Dude. Yeah, I don't know. I think like just overall, I spend too much lo- too much time on the internet. So you know, it starts pretty conventionally. Like you're on Twitter, or Facebook, or Reddit, and you know, you just like asking the questions, or sometimes the question is like you're you're looking at someone that you haven't spoken to in seven years and it's like why are you the way that you are Facebook and you just click through things and you're like okay okay and it's like I said you know just like hyperlinking all the way down it's like oh wow I've never even heard about that and I, I mean, like right now, because I have a lot of people I'm talking to in like cult adjacent things, mm-hmm. the prominent thing is that um, Oh man, I feel horrible. Uh, Chester Bennington, I think. Ooh, yeah. The, yeah, the former, um, the Lincoln Sin- Park. Lincoln Park, thank you. Um, who died of suicide earlier this week, I think. Um, and people are saying that he was the uh, illegitimate son of John Podesta, who had him killed. This is, I mean, it's not something. It's not something to joke about, but it's something right. that you look at it and having just sort of been in contact with people who are conspiracy theorists watching this sort of seed of an idea spread out over the course of the week. Oh no, contain it. Yes. And to watch it almost become kind of canon um, among people. Like it's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of sad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think weird stuff begets other weird stuff. I mean, I can even say that with like 
my uh, my advertisements right now, my Google ads, because I've been looking at weird conspiracy I'm videos. I'm sure they're super it's weird like, at this point. Are you sure uh, Hillary Clinton isn't uh, building a bunker? I'm like, <laughs> like well, I, I think don't she probably know. is, but <laughs> probably there's one already under yeah, her house. That's right. Like, that all makes sense. Those Clintons devo have a bunker, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Point conspiracy theorist, but uh, yeah. You so... know the security, uh, the Secret Service totally built them a bunker. That's Absolutely. what I'm saying. Years ago. There's, years there's ago. Room, right? like Twenty or thirty years ago. There was a bunker built for the Clintons. If Whatever. I had the resources, I'd have a bunker. Like I have no Same. qualms Dude, about that. No downsides to having a bunker. Absolutely. I, I walk around my neighborhood where my work is. I'm like, okay, so there's three areas. There's three buildings that have the like, in case of a nuclear fallout, you can go here. Oh yeah, no. I'm like, kids, I know exactly are... where those buildings are in my All neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's so funny. I think doomsday prepping is an element of a lot of these like oh, cults man. or even turned religions. I mean, even uh, Mormonism. I I grew up near, yeah, yeah, I grew up near where Mormonism was founded. Um, So I know a lot of people and it's just, it's kind of an everyday thing. They're like, yeah, you know, the cans we keep in the garage. Yeah. They're like, we have to have six months of, um, of just like supplies because when the rapture comes, there's going to be six months of hell. We're going to survive. And then we all get to go to heaven. Yeah. And also like a religion that barely survived and was on the rails and had to, you know, go across the country. Like survivalism is a fundamental part of it. It -hmm. makes so much sense, but also, you know, in the, in the biblical sense too, it makes a lot of sense because the rapture is scary and you want to have, you know, food for your family. And it's really cool because they'll just, they'll rotate out their, um, Oh yeah, no, they know what they're doing. It's insane. They know what they're doing. Costco was kind of made for Mormons in that way. Costco was made for Mormons. (laughs) That is going to be our Twitter poll thing. And listen, thank you. Thank you, more Like, Costco is great. Costco Thank rocks. you, LDS. I love it so much. I but- want to buy uh, 40, uh, 144 things of uh, fruit leather when I go to... <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing. The fruit leather is a thing. Don't sure. give me that look. Sure. I was just very uh, delighted by the fact that you were like, not 44, 144. It's 144 it's 12 because by 12, it's a multiple yo. of 12. Okay, oh, yeah. Thank, no, no. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We, we just held it. hands there because we had a moment. <laughs> Of multiplicity. <laughs> I know what you were going for. Good. But my senior thesis in college was on homesteaders. So people who kind of like leave specifically like suburban or urban areas and then go kind of off grid or semi off grid to, you know, live a like self-sustaining lifestyle. There was an HGTV, HGTV or Food Network mom that the pioneer woman. She's Food Network. Okay. Food Network. She's mom. great. I mean, she like lives on a cattle ranch. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit less little interesting different. to me because it's like, it's like a pre-existing like agricultural life. Like folks who don't live on, you know, city grids have to like live that way. But I was interested in people who like lived in Brooklyn and then like left everything to like go to a farm to, you know, have a totally like homemade life. I did um, walk into your apartment once and you had three pioneer mom books <laughs> just sitting on your table. I mean, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Feels right. Uh, I, I, what I did basically was just like survey all of the memoirs published between like 2010 and at the time 2014 um, of homesteaders who like wrote books and were making money from book deals talking about like either how to do it or why they did it. And it was a really interesting like post-recession reactionism to like mm-hmm. wanting to be anti-consumerist man. Like there were so many um, like ideological things that went into this. There were political ones in some cases. There were a lot of just like queer and kind of like, you know, alternative lifestyle folks who wanted just the security of like having their own space and life and skills. 
So um, anyway, that's a really interesting thing. And it does all come back to doomsday preppers. Yeah. I mean, can I just out myself here as um, after the election, I assembled a bag with my passport, a fully loaded charger and some money. I shouldn't say this because someone's going to take it. I thought you were going to say a fully loaded gun. I was oh, like, no. I mean, do your thing, Unexpected, girl. Go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You well, know, I, have, I have friends who like haven't used credit cards because they, you know, like are, are serious about not wanting to have their activities tracked or haven't traveled out of the country because they are non-white and are worried about harassment coming back into the country. Right. I mean, for me, it's probably illogical. I mean, I live in Manhattan. Like, if something happens, I'm done. You know, I'm in the blast zone. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm going (laughs) to die no matter what. But, you know, it's just that little thing. It's like, if if I feel bad, can I go look at the bag? Yes, I can go look at the bag. It's, you know, it's... I can disappear if I need to disappear. Yeah. Yeah, No, I I look at my Irish passport sometimes and just smile and stroke its cover (laughs) because I I have an escape route. You go, I can go full burn notice if I need to. I can move to any country in Europe. Any. I go wherever I want. Well, until Brexit until. happens. <laughs> no, because we're grandfathered in because special relationship. Yo, high five! 20 that years of sense. civil war has some positive consequences <laughs> sure. sometimes. Yeah, no, it's just funny. Like, the, the, the seeds of, you know, the, the paranoia or what have you is, like, we all have it. At least I definitely have it, you know. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go. If this, goes, if this goes bad, I'm like... But again, like, sensibility... And paranoia exists on a spectrum. Absolutely. Like you see someone coming at you with their hand in their pocket, like on a, on a dark night, you're going to cross the street. Maybe, you know, maybe that's not the case and whatever, but like you have that instinct in you. And like, we are the descendants of the animals that were scared. Yeah. It's and, our monkey brain and made the safe choice. And so it, it 100%, like, again, if, if you can find like a safe, warm fire of people who believe the same shit that you do and feel like you are, it is you against the world and the world against you. Like that is such a potent psychological combination man yeah and I think one thing is um I spoke to the brother of the young woman who died and he said that basically every month there was a new apocalypse scenario that she'd posit you know that was either uh more realistic you know like a the Chinese are invading which I'm not saying is realistic but on the continuum of planet X <laughs> on, the, on the spectrum of world ending right. the Chinese invading is on the higher side there right. are folks who live in China yes that, that China, China definitely exists whereas the other end was uh uh, planet X is going to crash into us and Minotaurs are going to jump off Planet X. I mean, I feel cool. like, Yeah, I feel like uh, Planet X crashing into us would just do it. You wouldn't need the Minotaurs. But the Minotaurs but... have to hit every other part of the planet right. that didn't get hit with the other planet. <laughs> yes. uh, great side story. Uh, so I have a friend who is really into the like drag community um, and was on Fire Island recently and was like, yo, Amanda, you totally missed the best party on Fire Island last night. And I was like, oh, like what wh- what was the party? She's like, oh, it was labyrinth themed. And apparently no one can think of any costume to go with labyrinths except for minotaurs so you look around and there's a bunch of like fire island bears in their 40s and 50s dressed as minotaurs but there's david bowie in the goblin king like what the fuck are they doing they were probably some twigs dressed as david bowie also but for the most part there were just minotaurs can i just say whoever stumbled across the island of minotaurs started their own cult and was totally totally justified they're like i've seen them the the minotaurs are there they're we're in week two of that of that cult's (laughs) formation right now so good like honey i have to explain so much to you about uh about queers and about (laughs) about fire island about dressing up about themed parties 
I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that was a really great modern day cult kind of roundup. Not not necessarily a roundup, but a good overview and deep dive of certain aspects and kind of where we can see uh, cults moving into the future with the internet and with community in that sense. Stay tuned. Uh, Yeah. So uh, thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was great to have you. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate you. Normally we do stuff that was, you know, relevant in uh, 800 BCE, but uh, you you brought something that was really relevant now. Month. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> glad, glad to bring it to the modern day. No, I really appreciate that. Um, and listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, and stay creepy, stay cool, don't be in a cult. Call your daddy. <laughs> Call in a your cult. dad. Queers was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Subscribe to Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Spirits Podcast. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, director's commentary, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings. If you like the show, please share with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.